St. Thomas's Summa, Part 3, Question 21, of Christ's Prayer, Article 1, Whether it is becoming of Christ to pray. Objection 1. It would seem unbecoming that Christ should pray. For, as Damascene says, prayer is the asking for becoming things from God. But since Christ could do all things... It does not seem becoming to him to ask anything from anyone. Therefore, it does not seem fitting that Christ should pray. Objection 2. Further, we need not ask in prayer for what we know for certain will happen. Thus, we do not pray that the sun may rise tomorrow. Nor is it fitting that anyone should ask in prayer for what he knows will not happen. But Christ in all things knew what would happen. Therefore, it was not fitting that he should ask anything in prayer. Objection 3. Further, Damascene says that prayer is the raising up of the mind to God. Now, Christ's mind needed no uplifting to God, since his mind was always united to God, not only by the union of the hypostasis, but by the fruition of beatitude. Therefore, it was not fitting that Christ should pray. On the contrary, it is written, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain, and he passed the whole night in the prayer of God. I answer that. As was said in the second part, prayer is the unfolding of our will to God, that he may fulfill it. If, therefore, there had been but one will in Christ, namely the divine, it would no wise belong to him to pray, since the divine will of itself is effective of whatever he wishes by it. According to Psalm 134, verse 6, whatsoever the Lord pleased, he hath done. But because the divine and the human wills are distinct in Christ, and the human will of itself is not efficacious enough to do what it wishes except by divine power, hence to pray belongs to Christ as man and as having a human will. Reply to Objection 1. Christ as God and not as man was able to carry out all he wished, since as man he was not omnipotent, as stated above. Nevertheless, being both God and man, he wished to offer prayers to the Father, not as though he were incompetent, but for our instruction. First, that he might show himself to be from the Father. Hence he says, Because of the people who stand about, I have said it, that is, the words of the prayer, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Hence, Hilary says, He did not need prayer. It was for us he prayed, lest the Son should be unknown. Secondly, to give us an example of prayer. Hence, Ambrose says, Be not deceived, nor think that the Son of God prays as a weakling in order to beseech what he cannot effect. For the author of power, the master of obedience, persuades us to the precepts of virtue by his example. Hence, Augustine says, Our Lord, in the form of a servant, could have prayed in silence if need be, but he wished to show himself a suppliant of the Father, in such sort as to bear in mind that he was our teacher. Reply to Objection 2. 
Amongst the other things which he knew would happen, he knew that some would be brought about by his prayer. And for these, he not unbecomingly besought God. Reply to Objection 3. To rise is nothing more than to move towards what is above. Now, movement is taken in two ways, as Aristotle says. First, strictly, according as it implies the passing from potentiality to act, inasmuch as it is the act of something imperfect. And thus, to rise pertains to what is potentially and not actually above. Now, in this sense, as Damascene says, the human mind of Christ did not need to rise to God since it was ever united to God, both by personal being and by the blessed vision. Secondly, movement signifies the act of something perfect, that is, something existing in act, as to understand and to feel are called movements. And in this sense, the mind of Christ was always raised up to God, since he was always contemplating him as existing above himself. 